Did they sign Tom Brady and nobody told me? Did they? What happened? By the way, that ball was caught. Just, just pointing <laughs> it out right. there. Greetings and salutations. Welcome to episode 17 of Ref the District. I'm Nathan Perry. Here with me, it's the Stoner. We've got a great show for you today, folks. We're going to be talking about, during our warm-up, we'll talk about the Wizards bouncing back, earning that eighth seed. We'll talk about the Capitals being on the brink, the Nationals, hey, starting to win some games. Thank you, Orioles, for that help. we got DC United, uh, what happened this week with them, and also the Mystics, their week uh, in review. When we get to the game, we're going to be talking about Moses and Christian being on the outside looking in, and do you trust Ron Rivera. And we also got the TMZ interview with Dan Snyder and Jason Wright as well. Uh, the Wizards will be our post game as we preview their opening game and their opening series against the 76ers. That's what we got in store for you here on Ref the District Stoner. How are you doing, man? I'm hanging in there. It was uh, I'm, I'm back in the uh, the homestead now. As you can see, this is not a fake background. I can actually move <laughs> things around now. So, uh, yeah, so I'm back here and happy to be back. Uh, but, however, I was promised swarming cicadas and a gas shortage, and I got none of that. Not that I was looking forward to it, <laughs> but n absolutely none of that came to fruition once I got here. Was, everything was absolutely normal, just the way uh, I left it about a month ago. There's definitely some cicadas in the area. We have we don't see too many right now around our house. Like we'll see like onesies and twosies. The dog is trying to eat them. Um, oh, nice. What's what's disturbing those? You hear them. So the other day we had the dogs out. We had the the our uh, our sliding door open, and Jazzy, my wife, she was just like, "What is that sound? Is there a siren going on?" I was like, "No, no, that's just the cicadas." Uh, and and the forest just having their their the time of their life and having a little rave party there. Now down the street we've seen a lot, and I've seen the pictures from some people who have a little bit more of a closer infestation. But I think most of them are probably waiting. I think it was too cold, you know, we, with, during the timing because it has to get so warm. Now it's now it's really warm, so I, I, yeah. I you know they'll probably start popping up in your area as well. As far as the gas shortage, I mean, I think everyone had their little uh, penny bags ready with the gas, uh, and so we're back, yeah. hopefully, back to normal on back that front. to normal. So, what do these cicadas do? Uh, I know they they come out like once every seventeen years. I don't understand how how do they know it's time to come out? Are they just uh, and are they when when they go in the ground? Are they the adults going into the ground or are they just planting the eggs into the, I don't yeah. understand the cadence. I so, don't understand them. So you got to do some reading on them for the pretty okay, interesting animals as far <laughs> insects, as far as that it's the, it's like the little babies they go into the, that's what gets into the ground. Yeah. And then for the 17 years that this particular cicada, cause they have different life cycles. There's some that okay. are like every four or five years, this particular one, uh, 17 years. Huh. Uh, but then they feed off of the nutrients in tree roots and uh, other things for those 17 years. And then finally, they're, they, that's when they mature. 
Yeah. And then that's when we come, we get to go see them. You know, I call them the cows of the insect world. Cause it's just like big, dumb, slow, mopey things. Yeah. Uh, and, the, and then, and then just like that, then they have like a lifespan of a couple of weeks and then yeah, it's six, over. Six, six weeks. They come up, they, uh, they, oh, they get, weeks. they get busy and then, uh, they, they're gone. I don't understand. They get busy. Can you expand on that? What does get busy mean? If you don't know that, I'm going to need you to talk to your wife. I know okay. you just had an anniversary. So it was, it's, uh, I celebrated my 10 year anniversary with my wife uh, on Friday. So happy anniversary. Oh, nice. To, I didn't know. Like, congratulations. Yeah. So, yeah, pretty, pretty good week uh, for the both of us on, on the anniversary front. Uh, you know, no cicadas. We have gas. There's a lot of cars. get busy. It was good. Well, there, yeah, can neither confirm nor deny that statement right, right. here on uh, on our podcast. So we stream live every Sunday here on YouTube. Uh, so you can check us out there, Ref the District on YouTube. We are also now an official podcast, by the way. So you can catch us either on Apple. You can catch us on Spotify. You can also bring us up on your Alexa device, which I have to be careful I'm pretty sure mine's listening over there, so I can't can't mention that one a little too loud. Not too loud. But uh, so you know, wherever you're watching us, just let us know. Chime in when you're here for the live chat, like we have Sarah coming and or watching us from Ottawa, Canada. You can interact nice. with the live chat. We always encourage that, especially as we get into the topics, because yeah, if you have something to to chime in for, we love having that interaction uh, here on Ref the District. If not, you catch us later. Just go ahead and like and subscribe the channel and uh, write us a review on Apple Podcasts. We appreciate all the support we can get. And, uh, you know, on that note, I just want to say that there's a lot of good podcast support within the, the podcast community. So we want to thank those people who, you know, are we're trying to build each other. It's not a competition. There's room for everybody. And, uh, and so a lot of love. I'm hoping we're going to have some of our fellow podcasters on our show and then we'll, we'll share, share the love as well beyond their, their show. So, yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. I I've noticed, uh, obviously with a lot of back and forth on Twitter and other platforms that there's not animosity between these podcasts. There's no cutthroat, which is really cool. And I, and I appreciate that, that we're all just out here just having fun. Nobody's, uh, this is not big business and we're trying to cutthroat everybody. We're all just having our own platforms and getting our, uh, what we want to say out there. So that's, that's really cool. I like it. Yeah, I, I love it. And it ties into something. Here's a, I'm going to name drop a little bit here. You know, she's been on some podcasts for other people. We might get her on here, ref the district at some point in time, but Julie Donaldson came over to my work office, virtual work office and, uh, and her and Ryle, uh, did some training. You'll see that on my Twitter at the Nathan Perry. Uh, and then she tweeted out, uh, the, uh, an image with the team as well. One of the things that I talked to them about, for uh, for work purposes, but also works for us here in the podcast world. It's just working together, knowing that you know mm -hmm. when we interact with each other, that's just good for everybody involved. So uh, I think there's a lot of good things coming here within our in our Washington football podcast uh, life. And uh, I know Stoner, you enjoy it. I enjoy it. And uh, this might be episode 17, but I'm looking forward to episode 217. Heck yeah! So be and that's a huge that's a huge change over there in Ashburn. Right, they were. They have always been very standoffish, not just with with us, not us in particular, but podcasters and the general fan base. They've been very standoffish over the the last. Oh, let me do the math here. Twenty something years, and 
that's this is a change in policy. This is something that they they've obviously made it a point to interact more with the fan base, and so that's really going to help bring some people who were you know wishy washy on their fandom. That's really going to go a long way, and and I appreciate them doing that, and it's a good thing. Yeah, they have the the fan. Uh, interviews that were going around. I believe uh, someone here from Ref the District was supposed to rep, rep us, but uh, yeah, you know, something about traveling, and he ended up not being able to make the interview. Like, yeah. So I I was at the the timing of it. That I only got a few choices for my for my interview, and the timing of it was I was going to actually be at the airport, and the Wi-Fi there where I was overseas. I'm not going to mention the particular airport for fear of backlash, but <laughs> terrible Wi-Fi. Absolutely terrible Wi-Fi. And in fact, because they were doing it on Microsoft Teams, and I had to download Microsoft Teams first, and it took over an hour just to download the app. So you know any sort of video conference wasn't going to work. I wish I'd done it, but I missed out. Get them next time. I know we're going to have some really good people excited for what's coming with the Washington football team. Uh, right now, though, we're going to talk about a warm-up here. The Wizards, you mentioned this. It was so pivotal that they got to that eight seed so they could lose a game and then have a chance to bounce back, and that's exactly what they did. The Wizards you know, lost against the Celtics, ended up not being a very close game at the end. Yeah. Face against the Indiana Pacers. The Pacers blew out their competition, and a lot of people thought the Pacers were going to run over the Wiz because they just figured the Wiz ran out of – the Wizards ran out of steam. Exact opposite happened. The Wizards completely ran over the the Pacers. So the Pacers used up all their their points in that first game. It was 156, I think, they scored in their first playing game. Did not get anywhere near that. And now the Wizards play against the 76ers tonight – or today, rather, 1 yeah. o'clock on TNT. So we'll talk more about that 76ers game. But that was their week. Pretty exciting. Westbrook went from the person everyone wanted to bash with that first playing game to people praising his play in the second game. Yeah. Uh, and he's a very divisive player. You know which side I'm on. Uh, oh yeah. So he, we're both on the same side yeah, there. He, he's a great player, and I'm excited for the 76ers matchup. Capitals a little less fun for them this week. They're on the brink. What's yeah, going on with the Capitals, man? They're they're in trouble. If I can go back to uh, the Wiz just for a second, okay. and just because I wanted to kind of give you how I followed them during the week, and I think last week. Uh, when we did our show, they're getting ready to play Charlotte in the final game to get that eighth seed. So yep, we some, weren't yeah, even there yet. Yeah, we're, we're waiting for that first playing game. Yeah, and I, and I think they, if I remember, they just pulled that out at the end. They were down maybe 11 or something going to the fourth, something like that, and, and they pulled it out. And like you mentioned, it was extremely important to get that eighth seed, and we saw it play out after getting hammered by the Celtics. Uh, but the... The Pacers game is was right in the middle of my travel. <laughs> so I actually got on a plane when it was, I believe, it was 38-34. They were up. And so I, I couldn't see what was going on this whole time because I got on a plane. I was waiting to get to cruising altitude. You know how long it takes to get taxiing and all that other stuff. 
So I knew it was going to be somewhere late in the third or maybe early fourth when I'd finally get some Wi-Fi up at cruising altitude. And I got that Wi-Fi, and I turned it on, and they were up like 30. And I couldn't believe it. And I was, I was, I, I'm 100% sure I was the only person on the plane fist pumping. <laughs> uh, I stood up and did a couple of fist pumps and then sat back down and got settled in. So that was an awesome, awesome game. It, it's a matchup thing. They don't match up well against the Celtics, apparently. And they do match up well with the Pacers. Uh, so that was awesome to see. They got the eighth seed. They earned it getting into that eighth seed, and then they ended up obviously securing winning that it, game. Yeah, securing securing it. The, uh, uh, so sorry, I had to do that little uh, – I had to go off the path a little bit there. We you were know, supposed to be talking about the Cavs. That's, that's absolutely okay because, you know what, I just did my whole little rant there and just completely forgot that I have a co-host who was had a, an exciting story. I knew this story. We talked about yeah. the fact that you were going to you know be missing it. And I told you just pay whatever it costs to get the Wi-Fi on the, yeah. on the plane so you can watch it. So glad that you're able to, to have some interaction there. Uh, you know, at least that was, again, that was an exciting game. That was fun to watch. Not so exciting. These, you know, I will say this, the first three games were pretty exciting with the caps, you know, not great results. Uh, but the capitals, this last game just absolutely seems like the, the wheels have come off and they play today at seven on USA against the Bruins. This is win or go home time for them. Yeah, it was very disappointing play in game four when your back's up against the wall. You expect them to just come out on fire. and They weren't flat. I didn't think they were flat, but they obviously just didn't play well enough. A lot of dumb penalties that they took, and Boston took advantage of those power plays. I didn't look at the stats, but I think they were like three of five at one point on power plays and the, and the caps were zero of five, something like that. That was obviously the difference. Boston has been playing much grittier. They're getting points from their, their top lines and the caps are not sure. Ovi's got two goals, but that's over four games. And one of them was a little fluky and it's good that you get your, your bottom six forward scoring the Dowds and the Hathaways and, guys like that that's great you need that but you also need your top guys scoring and they're not i don't know how many i don't think backstrom scored oh she's got maybe one mantha's doesn't have anything as far as goals so they've they've obviously now they're up against it obvious they lose the season's over and it'll be very disappointing third year in a row after the stanley cup that they get knocked out in the first round can't have that they at least got to show some heart today and come back and, and win this game. Well, they got to take it from the Nationals. Just go 1-0 and today. That's all they yeah, need to do. Right. Focus on today's game. See where they can go. The Nationals trying to go 1-0 and today as well against the Orioles. They're playing at 105 against Baltimore. And that's on Masson, M-A-S-N. So if you can grab that channel, then great for you. I know that some, some of us have issues trying to trying to tap into that network but you don't get massing i don't get massing oh so. well you're probably not missing a whole lot as far as not the baseball part but massing they made a lot of cuts in the off season mm. I, everybody made a lot of cuts because of the pandemic and they lost a lot of money there they made some cuts and their production is second rate sorry massing but they are terrible they don't have um the 
they don't even have like real pregame shows and postgame shows anymore. They just take the guys who are already working and have them talk a little bit about the game. But I'm getting a little bit off track. <laughs> We're supposed to be talking about the Nats. But uh, uh, they've been playing well. But I think that has a lot to do with who they're playing. Yeah, the I was Orioles saying, playing, are playing, playing Baltimore helps, right? You know, playing yeah. against the Orioles helps. You know, they had the series against the Cubs. Only pull one a win away from the Cubs uh, during that series. Baltimore, it seems to be going well. You know, you have Zimmerman who just knocks. You know, knocks has been knocking it out of the park. He's been a you know great uh, player for in in those spot roles that he's needed this season what what um, is going on with zimmerman what i mean he's hitting 320 something with like five homers what <laughs> it's because he doesn't have to play he, he's not being he's he's not you know he's, he's a spot player right now right he's not he's not he's not yeah. playing full full thing so he can focus on the game he's got that old man strength we always knew the guy can launch the ball and so yeah. and his limited play that's exactly what he's doing and it's it's been great and uh i believe he is now the the current run holder right he's got the most uh yeah uh, for for Washington. most runs scored in in franchise history yeah so congratulations but, to, to to zim yeah, for, for that accomplishment so I believe it was 2019. When did they win? They won in 2019? Yeah, it was 2018 were, for the Caps and yeah, 2019. 2019 for the uh, for uh, for the Nationals and the Mystics both won yeah. in 2019. I believe maybe you could probably find this on my Twitter. I believe I call I said Zimmerman was done in 2019. I think when he got hurt again, it was his foot again, which had been bothering him forever. I said, that's it. That's the last time you'll ever see him. And then when he opted out this past year, I, I doubled down. I said, well, that's it. He's never going to play for the, for the Nats again. And here he is just crushing the ball and doing exactly what they need him to do. He might play another five years in this role. <laughs> Who knows? Of course, now that you said this, now that you're reverse course, now oh, he's going to retire no. at the end of the season yeah. because you said that. You you, there, you you are the reverse curse king, and uh, and so we we need you to 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 keep with that mojo long okay, enough for all of our teams to to turn it around. So obviously I'm sporting some Nationals gear today, hoping that they do win against Baltimore again. That's 105 on Masson. Uh, check them out. It's a busy, busy day for us, you know. So, you know, are you going to watch the, the the Nationals against the the Orioles? You're going to watch the Wizards, a, 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 you know, against the 76ers at one o'clock, or are you going to watch the Mystics who play against Indiana also at one o'clock? The Mystics had a uh, up and down. Uh, week they lose against uh, the Phoenix Mercury, but then they win big against the the Liberty, the New York Liberty. Today they play the Fever, so the Indiana Fever Fever's not yeah. you know not doing well this season. Zero and four Mystics hopefully can get to five hundred is the hope here, you know, and uh, and continue their season. How the heck do the Mystics go from their first game? I think they scored fifty six ish, and they shot like twenty eight percent from the field and thirteen percent which we talked about a couple weeks ago or last week. And then they score 101 in their last game, and they shot 50-something percent from the field and 60% Law, law of averages. Three. 
It's, what the it's, heck happened? It's, the, there, it's the fun math. It's law of averages. Yeah. Uh, in the in the end, good for them. Yeah, in the end, hopefully they they trend more towards that positive side and not so much towards uh, to the side where they did start off their season. DC United plays today. They play against Philadelphia Union. I don't imagine we're going to have too many people uh, watching that, as because it's the same time as the Capitals uh, playing. So DC United against Philadelphia today at 7:15. That is on ESPN Plus. Maybe oh, maybe you got nice. the situation where you can have like ESPN Plus over here. You got the mm-hmm. you know you got USA over here. However you can do it, you know support support our teams. That's great. DC United We're... lost Orlando last week. Philadelphia yeah. Union this week. So hopefully they can uh, get the W. Where is that game? This, is that in Philly or is say it at home? That's here in United. Uh, that's at DC. But I will have to verify that because. Um, I I'm, I'm wondering down. what their their stadium situation is as far as the number of fans allowing in. It, it is in D.C., and I don't know what their current policy is, but, uh, yeah, I'm just curious of how many fans they're going to have there tonight. Then. You know, because they weren't included on that, were they, with the uh, the same as the Nationals, the, the Wiz, and the Caps were. Do we know if they were listed on that uh, exemption letter? Well, I'm, I mean, they should be. Literally, it is at Audi Field from the way. Oh, it's it's where it's at Audi Field here in DC. So it's it's, that's literally across the street from Nats Park. So it should have the same the same rules that apply to the Nationals. I mean, eventually it's going to open up to everybody and it's going to be packed again. I haven't been to a United game at Audi Field yet. I'm looking forward to someday doing that. But uh, yeah, so hopefully they can get a, a good crowd in there tonight then. Hopefully rooting for all our teams here in the D.C. area. Uh, Well, that's it for the warm-up. We're going to get to the game here in a moment. Talking, do you trust Ron Rivera? Find our answer here coming up. Game on. Big week for Washington football as they drop two tackles. Fan favorite, apparently, in Moses, Morgan Moses. There's a lot of people who are upset with that drop. I think most people expected Christian you know, to, you know, he's a death guy. He's, you know, not a lot of people, I think, you know, saw the development that he had. But people are really upset about Morgan Moses. Where are you sitting on, on this one? Well, and I know we're going to talk about it here after we talk about these guys, but obviously Ron Rivera knows a lot more about what's going on in the locker room or what he wants from his offensive line than we do as fans. We don't know what's going on. We have no idea. So he obviously didn't want Morgan Moses to be his right tackle this year, so he let him go. So I guess you just sit back and you say, in Ron we trust, right? I-R-W-T. Uh, in Ron, we trust. Yeah, that's right. IRWT. <laughs> so I guess he, he's been a warrior. He's played through all kinds of injuries. What is it? 90 something starts he's had for this team. He's done, as far as I know, everything that's been asked of him. And he's been an okay tackle. But they're obviously restructuring their entire offensive line, and he doesn't fit into those plans. So they had to let him go. Yeah, it was a, you know. An, an interesting situation here because, uh, and we have one person who's watching our live feed right now who's ticked about Moses. 
to me, I expected it. Like Mo, I've never been too high on Moses. Uh, maybe because I remember him from his earlier years where he was yeah. very penalty prone. Uh, you know, sometimes just like letting guys. There's, I forget which opponent it was, but I just remember vividly him just standing there as as one of the pass rushers just runs right that. by him, and I'm just like, that. what are you doing? You know, so but he had an excellent year last year. I know a lot of people love the the Pro Football Focus scores as PFF mm-hmm. scores. Apparently, graded as one of the top ten right tackles there. Um, but overall, I just you know th- this is a guy who I think can be replaced, and I think that they found some replacements right uh, mm-hmm. within the the tackle organization. So I'm not too surprised. I was I was initially shocked. When they said, "Hey, we're going to you know let him seek a trade," right? When that got leaked, uh, not shocked at all that it ended up being you know cut, right? Because when that when that news comes out, unless somebody jumps at him at the player right away, it almost always ends in cutting. And there's yeah. to me, it always it it almost seems counterproductive unless it's a star player to say, "Hey, we're shopping them," because. Now every team, you know, the 31 other teams know you're going to cut this individual if mm-hmm. you don't get a deal. So why give up a fifth round pick or a sixth or seventh, which honestly Mo- Morgan Moses probably only worth the seventh round pick, maybe even just a seventh round pick swap, you know, and I and, and know some people might be upset with me saying that. But listen, this guy hasn't exactly been picked up yet. He was cut you know, a few days ago, if he was a top 10, seen as a top 10 right tackle, he would be on a team right now. Well, yes, true. I, w- I will say that the reason you put it out there, if somebody does want him, they sure you can say, well, we can just wait until he gets to the open market. But then now you're competing, competing against yeah. 30, some 31 other teams for his services. And so it might not be as easy for you to for you to take him. So that's why you would possibly trade for him. But obviously there wasn't enough interest, like you said. And he hasn't been picked up, and Christian has already been picked up, which tell, tells you a little bit. Although Moses is going to have a, a higher cap hit, he's going to mm-hmm. command a lot more money than Christian is. And Christian, a total bust. Third rounder, right? He was supposed to come in here. And I know you and I have a fundamental difference on – third round second and third round picks i believe second and third round picks should always be considered as a starter that's why you draft him uh so i believe they he should have been starting almost from day one trent was here at the as time as a third rounder starting absolutely day, no he's not gonna start 100%. as a third rounder no i i, I agree a, third a second rounder. and third rounder you're hoping you're hoping gets to the starter role but when it comes to your offensive uh, line a third rounder can just be a good depth guy. And I think that's what Christian is. And that's also why he got signed, by the way. He's not being signed to start. I don't think he's he, he's he's going to start. I think that they picked him up because he's still, you know, this guy was drafted in the third round 2018, was it? Yeah, very recently. Yeah, so so this is this is this is a very young, you know, offensive tackle that you can have as a good depth guy. Moses, on the other hand, has had so much starting time. That's where you mentioned he's going to Morgan Moses is going to get starter pay, and people are he's going to want you know expect to start. He's, you're not picking him up for depth at this point, unless you're somebody who you know like the the Kansas City Chiefs who spent a lot of money on their offensive line, mm-hmm. you know. But obviously they're not going to pick him up. But I, I think Moses will find a team here within the next couple of weeks. 
uh, because he's sure. He's, oh, hundred percent. He, you know, he is somebody who you can put out on the right side. But Washington just wasn't that place for him. And, and you know, there's a lot of talk. And there was the article that brought it back to the ping pong table and getting rid of that. Yeah, I saw you know, it. A lot of people think that Ron Rivera is just trying to get rid of everybody who came before him, which we know is not going to happen because there's no way you're getting rid of Terry McLaurin, right? Like, that that was a guy who came well, before, before Ron Rivera. But I think there's a lot of people who might still – players in the organization who might still have some of that mentality – of how things were yeah and this is where moses a guy who has been with the team for as long as he has you know a lot of his upbringing a lot of his mindset but you know by all accounts he was a strong leader for the team you know he he you know he's doing a lot of the 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 old man leadership roles even though uh he's still fairly young himself yeah but he he was also very critical of the organization especially with the Trent Williams situation because he was close with Trent Williams. And that and that will get you in a little bit of trouble, especially like you said, you got a new regime coming in here and they're going to clean house with guys who may be right on the edge of being a starter or not playing at all. So Ron is obviously getting rid of a lot of those guys. But look, if you're a superstar and you can play uh, it doesn't matter what happened before you got here. You're gonna be, you're gonna stick with the team. He's not getting rid of those kind of guys. Well, I, again, I think it helps that there's not too many superstars, uh, you know, from the the Gruden era, era mm-hmm. to like hold on to. And in, in like McLaurin had one year of it, so it's just like like you know, and he's just a different different player. You know, he, you know, he's he's. Uh, you know, the captain for a reason is what yeah. I, he likes to, to be called. I know a lot of people call him Scary Terry, but he prefers to go by the captain. And you know what? I'm going to respect that wishes Heck because yeah. I, I like him. So the captain you're not getting rid well. of You're not getting rid of Jonathan Allen, right? No. I mean, he's, I, he's he, a Gruden. He needs, he needs to be signed to a new deal. And, and that's where some people think that this might have also be in play here is that uh, you know they're trying to open up room they're super optimistic people who are like they're making room so they can uh, take on Aaron Rodgers contract hey. more more realistically this is so you can sign players like uh, Jonathan Allen uh, Deron Payne you know sweat is coming up uh, these are a lot of contracts do you think Sheriff is somebody who's going to be Brandon Sheriff like he's playing on franchise tag is this yeah. is, is, is this deal getting close ah uh, i I, you know, I thought for the longest time that this was a top priority for this organization, but I'm beginning to think now that he's gone, and he might even he might even be gone before the season starts. It'll it'll be interesting to see where where he goes. You know, he's t- he's a huge cap hit right now. He says yeah, oh, he yeah. wants to be here, but they haven't been able to work out a deal. And and the word is that uh, Washington did offer him money. But here's the thing, and this is one of the things I think I really love about. The organization under under Ron Rivera and Jason Wright uh, and uh, and you know, every everything how it's been going here the last couple of years the leaks have gone down tremendously. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. don't know what's really going on behind the scenes. Like there's there's not that information that that's flowing. Um, so I think it's uh, I think it's an interesting situation. And, and on the tackle front, you know, we did have a player who was upset when we when when uh, Leno signed. Uh, and 
now all of a sudden we don't get rid of that player, we get rid of a different player. So there's a whole lot of shuffling going on in that line. And I do think that yeah. Brandon Sheriff is going to be one of these these people who's not on the team next season. You know, we'll see what happens. I think it's too, too difficult to trade at this point. So I think Washington doesn't get anything in return. Uh, you know, they should be able to get uh, the comp sort, you know, pick the comp pick, you know, after he signs with another, another team. But you yeah, know, you would hope, you know, for an all pro guard that you're going to get good, you know, you know, good Value. return, but yeah. uh, you'll know, end up being a third round pick. Yeah. So I think also, it's it's interesting with this offensive line is we really don't know who is going to start anywhere almost. You got Chase Ruye and you got Sheriff as long as he's going to be here. Really, you don't know anybody else who's going to be where. You don't know if they have Sadiq Charles plugged in at left tackle. You don't know who's going to be the left guard for for sure. You don't know who's going to be the right tackle. They're signing guys. They're they're moving guys around. Now you got Cosme in the mix, of course, along with uh sharp and lucas and uh leno who you just who they just signed and Wes martin and schweitzer all these guys who knows who's going to end up where by the time the season starts i think cosme has a good chance to start at at right tackle but then mm. again i i think they signed leno to be the left tackle it's all left tackle i think that's okay. a lock as long as sheriff's healthy he's going to be the right guard uh, Chase really, I don't think we have another center, you know, that's as good as him. So, and he's been playing really well too, by the way. Yeah, so, sure. so he's, he's our center. So really it's that, that left guard and right tackle position, you know, does Lucas, who was the one who voiced the, uh, you know, uh, his concerns weren't with the team. His concerns were with media saying that Washington doesn't have a tackle. And Lucas is just like, dude, what? Hello. Like, I'm here. I'm standing right here. Uh, And you were standing right there, Lucas, as uh, you weren't necessarily the strongest left tackle, but you were very serviceable. And one of these guys that I like to have on the team, like a Moses, who provides quality starts, maybe not the the greatest, but uh, at least can hold their own. I think maybe Lucas shifts to the right or Cosme takes the right uh, tackle spot. Uh, And then... Like I said, Leno for the left. The left guard is where it's going to be interesting. The Sadiq Charles, they don't see him as a tackle. This is yeah. this is this is a guard. And so is it going to be Sadiq Charles or is it Eric Flowers who you just oh, got yeah. back? Didn't even um, mention him. That's and right. So the flowers the flowers trade is actually one of those ones that's very interesting because this is where I think that Sheriff is not going to be here long term. I think they are prepping for Brandon Sheriff to be to sign somewhere else, and yeah. I honestly think they're okay with that, and they're building towards that right now. So you're going to have Eric Flowers and C. Charles, who are going to be the guards for next season. This season, though, Brandon Sheriff will probably play himself into a mega contract, and all the better for him because that means he's doing that for Washington this season, and right. hopefully we can get good play for some uh, out of a guard next season. But, hey, we have a saying here on Ref the District, all right? So we're not a scout. We're not the GM. We're not a coach. Hashtag nope. just a fan. That's okay? right. So this is this is our take on it. This is our speculation. But as fans, this has come up. There's a lot of contention in here. You know, this Moses thing brought it to the front here, the front line. Do you trust Ron Rivera? Well, until he proves otherwise, absolutely, you have to trust him. That's the bottom line. That's the 
the bluff, as we say, right? Bottom line up front. You have to trust him until he gives you a reason not to, right? And and as you just said, we're just fans. We don't really know anything. Ron Rivera knows more about running an organization. He has more knowledge in his tip of his pinky finger. I always like to say this. He has more football knowledge in the tip of his finger than all of the fans combined have in all of their collective brains, okay? Including us. I'm not saying all of them. Including us here. He knows more than any of us do. So we have to trust him, right? He has a plan. He's not just willy-nilly throwing things out there. Oh, I guess we're going to get rid of this guy, and maybe we'll pick up this guy. They know exactly what they're doing. We don't know, but he knows exactly what he's doing. And all we can do is trust him until we get to the end of the year and we see what the results are. We look at the one-loss record. We see whether or not this team is improving, and then we judge what he's done. Okay, so there's a lot of blind trust here. And so can you (laughs) not at least see the side where people are a little – that do question it? You know, this is a coach who in his first season, while they won the division, were seven and nine. Not a mm-hmm. winning record. You know, they looked pretty lost. You know, as far as he hasn't given a reason to not trust him, I'm going to point back to the Dwayne Haskins situation, right? There's going to be a competition, but he was anointed. Dwayne Haskins, you could tell, was anointed as the starter to try to give yeah. him that chance to try to boost him. Then you pull him to put in, you know, Kyle Allen. Uh, because you're, hey, you have a shot, and hey, you can tell that Dwayne Haskins isn't the guy. That situation ended up pretty horrible. And even even coach Ron Rivera had said afterwards, like, I really wish he you know he wishes that he would have played that differently. To me, that there right. there are reasons to question, you know, what's going on in the organization. Now, that being said. There's a lot of reasons to just give him that trust and to trust mm-hmm. in the, 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 you know, what they have been doing because you feel like they're building towards something. But That's I right. do think that there's like the blind trust, the blanket blind trust is what I think that we need as fans to not necessarily, you know, get ourselves into. Now, I'm not going to question every single decision. One, mm-hmm. I'm backing the Moses decision. I think it's fine. Like, okay, it surprised me a little bit. Yeah, but I'm good with that. I think that they've got a lot of good young people's, you know, good good young players in in the organization to put in there. And I do think that Ron Rivera knows what he's doing. Um, but there are certain things that I'm a little bit more hesitant to back because of the like the the situation with Dwayne Haskins last season. The fact that this isn't a winning organization just yet. You know, I agree with you. There's a lot of wait and see here, uh, and so you have to give that trust to. to and I think that he's earned that. Okay, let me let me mm-hmm. say this before we I get beat up. Uh, you know, when someone sees this and they think that I don't trust Ron Rivera, I trust him. I think that absolutely this is a strong leader. I think that he's moving the right. We talked about the fact that the leaks are on lockdown. He's putting football-minded people in the the decision uh, areas. We've got how many GMs now? Like right. so. This is, you know, we're we're moving away from an organization that was perennially, you know, not good, right? This this is a team that we grew up loving, 
they won the three Super Bowls, five NFL championships. I just want to point that out because we got some Cowboy fans that like to to tout their their Super Bowls. Like we have five NFL championships, the same same as you. Just FYI, Cowboy fans. Right. But uh, yeah, so three Super Bowls. You know, this, this is the team that we grew up loving with with the fun bunch the smurfs you got the hogs you got the hogettes that we loved in the fans you know and uh so there's a lot of that culture that we've lost under the dan snyder era and mm-hmm. i think that's where fans are a little burnt right you know you have you know dan the fan snyder as an owner and in these 20 some odd years that he's been the owner the team's just not been good uh even under joe gibbs 2.0 where he actually did the honestly i think the best he could have uh and still just the caliber of coach that he is just outstanding um but you know this entire time's not been good so i think that we're burnt at this point we don't we can't blindly trust anybody who's put in position as long as dan snyder's still there and we have to question we're going to be talking about the tmz video and there are people who are questioning that was that planted was that that didn't seem natural so it's just Mm. like for coach ron rivera you're talking about you know trusting somebody who you have to hope that that you have to trust that dan snyder is not putting his hands into the the pot here you know if it's ron rivera making decisions i'm good with that if dan is involved in those decisions that's where it starts to get a little bit like is this what's going on here but no morgan moses absolutely christian gone okay i believe in that starting fitzpatrick if honestly if they come week one and we're starting taylor heineke i will probably trust that i'll be like okay Hmm. not exactly what i expected i know a lot of people will be ecstatic you think taylor heineke is gonna you know start after you know weeks four right like It'll, not it'll because be, of Heineke, though. Yeah, because Fitzpatrick won't because play Fitzpatrick. well. Right. So I, I just think that uh, the yes, we need to trust Ron Rivera. Well, look, we but blind trust called, is where I, I call it. You know, too much. Oh, for, for sure. I mean, we're we're called ref the district, right? We keep DC teams accountable, right? So the whole reason we exist here as a, a podcast is to second guess everything that goes on in Washington DC sports. So obviously the football team being front and center, we're going to hammer them most of anybody, but here's a coach who has come in and he took them from three wins to seven. You'd take that regardless if they had made the playoffs as a seven and nine team, you'd take that huge four game improvement or over the course of a year. Sure, there were bumps along the way, especially with the Haskins situation. Maybe even that cost him a couple of wins. But he's not going to do everything perfect. But in the end, again, you look back at the end of the year and you say, was this a successful season based on the season before? And do you have hope going forward? And we definitely do with all the decisions that he's made. He's gotten rid of knuckleheads. He's gotten rid of guys who don't want to be here. He's gotten rid of guys who don't perform he's not playing favorites think of some of the guys who were starters here and were starters for a while and he just said we're not having that the monte nicholson's the jordan reeds the trent williams the morgan moses i I can't even think of all of the guys they just cut um the guy who opted out last year i always get josh linebacker yeah and 
John Dion Hamilton mixed up because they both got the three names. But one of them left free agency and one of them opted out and they just cut him. I don't know if it had anything to do with him opting out or he just can't play. Whatever. He's he's not playing around with the future of this franchise. He's going to do whatever it takes. And again, at the end of the year, we're going to look at it and we're going to say, did he show improvement? Is this a competitive team? And do we see hope going forward? And that's how we judge him. So you have to, and and to be fair, we had to do that with Jay Gruden. We had to do that with Jim Zorn, God forbid. We had to do that with Joe Gibbs 2.0 and Shanny and all. We have to do that as fans because we don't know any better and we don't have any power to to do anything about it. So I he's got all of my blind trust. Maybe not yours. He's got all of my blind trust until he proves otherwise. To, to be fair, again, I know I was going to get myself in a little bit in trouble here because I, I played a little bit of devil's advocate. I trust Ron Rivera. Okay, mm-hmm. I, I think that, and and here, this is what baffles me. You mentioned this, right? There's a lot of hope going into this next season. There's a lot of yep. people. You know, there was some. There's people who still have questions about the QB play, but there's also a lot of people who are thinking Taylor Heineke's like the next greatest thing ever, even though he's been around for five years and he was a backup on an XFL team. Like, right. I, I like the kid too, people. But let's be realistic about our expectations. Now, however, this next season, don't be realistic. Hope for everything because this is a team that's shown a lot of promise. And a lot of that happens to be because of what Ron Rivera is doing. So because there's hope there, to me, that's why you built. That's why he's built up that trust and we need to trust him. So if you're upset with Morgan Moses being shown the door... And that's why you think, you know, a lot of our fans, you know, we, we did our season pick, you know, our, 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 our season predictions last week. We've, mm-hmm. you know, I've seen that from other, the DMV uh, Sports 3. Those guys did it as well. They're even higher than us. Like a lot, some, I think a, a couple of those gents were in the 12 win category. If, uh, and uh, I haven't seen their, their talk on, on Moses. So we'll have to reach out to them and see how they feel about Moses. But if you go from thinking the team like you or myself are 9 and 10, maybe even 11 wins in the season, and we drop Mo- Moses, and you think that now all of a sudden you're going to lose that? You're going to, you're going to, just Morgan Moses is a fine player. Mm-hmm. Okay. But he's not, he's not winning you two to three extra games. This isn't, this isn't like getting, this isn't Green That's Bay right. situation getting rid of Aaron Rodgers, right. right? This is Morgan Moses. This is a tackle. When you literally spent money, the team has spent money on that position during the off season. So don't lose trust because he got rid of Morgan and Moses. You know, lose trust if at week three, the team looks lost. Yeah. You know, which I That's don't right. think they will, right? Like, so... This is where you have to buy the time and you have to see. And then also you got to take into effect, you know, or into account rather what, why, where they are in the season, what's happening. You know, I think for the Dwayne Haskins situation, which uh, we have a fan who says that they, that he embarrassed us. Dwayne Haskins embarrassed us. His play was pretty, pretty bad. Right. But I think Ron had to put him out there to give him that shot to, to make sure like, okay, yeah, this isn't the guy because this is a quarterback that it's reported that Dan Snyder came off his yacht, right? And was just like, I want this guy. Mm-hmm. And even at 15, I thought, okay, you know, this works. Like, he fell to Washington. This is going to be fine. Um, they, he, Ron proved he wasn't the guy. Got rid of him at the end of the season. And here we are 
still searching for a quarterback, but at least we have a team built right now to give us hope, and that could potentially win the division uh, first time back to back in the NFC East for what seventeen years. Yeah. So, yeah, I think there's a I, lot of reasons to trust Ron Rivera right now. I I have a sneaking suspicion that there's a big move coming, and I don't need I don't mean like monster Aaron Rodgers type move. But I think there's something big brewing because why are they freeing up so much cap space when they already have a fair amount of cap space? They do. It's Normally by this time, two million at this point. Yeah, they come in like twenty-two million, and they don't have anybody else to sign. All the rookies are, all the draft picks are signed. All your um, non-draft pick rookies, they're all everybody's signed, except for Sheriff is not signed long term. But maybe it's just as simple as they're going to get Jonathan Allen and. Deron Payne signed. I don't know. But something is something's brewing. And, and it'll be interesting to see. Again, you have a lot that's still going to happen when you get to June 1st. There's some, I don't know exactly what it is, some sort of line. Another the deadline. Cap hits. Yeah. yeah, the cap hits are different pre and post June 1st. And so maybe there are other guys who are going to get let go on this team or other teams that they have their eye on that they think are going to become available. I don't know. But it just seems odd that they do have that much room. Something's not right with the Morgan Moses situation. I don't think it's simply uh, he's a cap casualty. I don't think it's simply he can't play anymore. There was something more to it. But like you said, they've got the leaks locked down, and we don't know what that is, and we'll probably never know. But it's going to be interesting to see what this team looks like again come training camp. It's not going to be as it is right now, constructed as is right now. Which I think is fine. I think that you need to, you know, if you pull back everybody from last season and expect to do better than seven and nine, then you're thinking wrong. Like you need to make changes at seven and nine to see improvement. And that's what they're doing. And, yeah. uh, and I think there's a lot of good coming, coming from that. Um, We'll see. I'm really interested. You know, you mentioned that they are freeing up that cap space. So let us know, you know, if you're listening, you know, let us know what you think they're freeing that cap space up for. Are they freeing it up for Aaron Rodgers? Are you that hopeful? Or are you thinking maybe this is just more re realistically, they're going to sign Jonathan Allen to a big deal and wanted to open up that space? You know, let us know in our comments on our Twitter at Ref the District. Me personally, I think it's probably more practical. I think they're just freeing up that space so they can make uh, make room to sign the defensive unit that they have so that way they can keep that strong because you do have some very talented individuals there on the def defensive line. Mm -hmm. uh, we do have fans, again, that are hoping for Rodgers. I just don't expect that to, to, to be the case because I don't <laughs> no, think I don't. Green Bay is going to let him go. And if they do let him go, they're not going to want to let him go in the NFC where they can potentially face against him uh, in the playoffs. Uh, so we'll see, we'll see where that ends up. Uh, I'm excited to, to see where it is. It is a very interesting situation that they, you know, letting players go now, freeing up more space. Uh, someone did point to those Rogers fans, by the way, someone did point out, we just so happen to have Washington happens to have enough cap space right now to take on Aaron Rodgers' contract. So yeah. They're just just, just putting, putting it out, out there. there. Just putting <laughs> it out there. 
We'll see. We'll see where that's that your, goes. That's your famous phrase. Just throwing it out just, there. We'll see. The uh, so something else that was just kind of thrown out there a little randomly was uh, that Dan Snyder and Jason Ryder traveling around looking at different stadiums and happened to be run up on by a TMZ reporter. Uh huh. Did you watch the video? Yeah, of course I watched it. And it's one hundred billion percent a setup. <laughs> there, how many interviews? How many off-the-cuff interviews has Dan Snyder given in his twenty-plus years as owner? How many? I mean, just we don't know exactly, but how many would you say? Off-the-cuff interviews? Yeah, yeah, just random. I don't. I, honestly, up. I can't think of one that hasn't been done in a and with a with the podium and the microphones right. not one it's never happened before and so you're gonna tell me that some guy just happened upon him in la him and his his team of of uh officials with jason wright and there was probably about 15 other people there and he just graciously walked up and gave a very calm informed interview to this guy from tmz sports who, by the way, called him Mr. Snyder. He didn't say, hey, Dan. He didn't just say, hey. He called him Mr. Snyder, who is notorious for being a guy who says, you have to call me Mr. Snyder. Everybody has to call me Mr. Snyder. So how is it that he just graciously gave this one interview? There's no way, even if it was strategic in the point of that he wants, wants the information out there that they're looking for new stadium ideas, which is great, but you can do that in a press release. You can have Jason Wright do that, which is what he does. It's just 1 billion percent a setup. And for anybody to think otherwise is naive and just plain not all there. Do you got your tinfoil hat on? Do you got do you got that available? I think this is what I was talking about, right? Like people people are so burnt, right, by Dan Snyder, uh, Mr. Snyder, that uh, that 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 they're just like this has to be faked. One, it's not. I, I think the situation was this, and 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 that Jason Wright or Julie Donaldson uh, put forth, you know, hey, to TMZ, we're gonna be here. This is what we want to talk about. Can you send somebody here? So is it was it set up in that regard? Yes. Was it set up like to necessarily be I will say this. TMZ is also known for, you know, having biting questions, right? They're 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 out to get you. They're not they're not there to be friendly. So that part was definitely a little interesting. I don't know if there was maybe some extra a little, you know, the the relationship there, however that was built. You know, it was something I think that they they put out there to try to get this attention, and I think that they did this strategically because if you're a, if you're listening, Dan absolutely set this up, Mr. Snyder. I apologize, Mr. Snyder. No, uh-uh. you're not calling him Mr. Snyder. No, 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 no. His name is Dan. You don't work for him, and you don't give him that respect of calling him Mr. Snyder if you don't if you don't know him. Mr. Dan Snyder. His name's Dan. (laughs) Uh, So, so Dan uh, put this out there that he's they're looking at D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. He included the entire DMV. So that's a big point of contention here within the fandom of where is it going to go? And what this is doing is it's pitting the 
the communities, the, the government communities mm-hmm. to fight for having Washington. We've mentioned there's a lot of hope right now. The other thing is that he specifically mentioned a date in there. You remember that? Mm-hmm. 2027. What yeah. happens in 2027? The FedEx lease is up. Yeah, of course. So I mean, that's that's obvious. Yeah, this is this is all things that this was this was strategic communication. This is my field. This is why we had Julie Donaldson uh, and Ryle come out to uh, talk to my teams because we this is what we're involved in, and so this is where um, I trust being a, a communications guy. I trust Jason Wright, and I trust mm-hmm. the the communications teams on what they're doing. And this is exact. I, this, I believe this 100%. This was Jason, Wright. This is, you know, he was also there because one, he's the president of football, right? He, he, this is his job to, to find the new stadium and do all that. That's one of the reasons why he was hired. Mm-hmm. There's not been really a move of his that I haven't really liked. I think there's been a few missteps on the communication front. Uh, you know, there was a lot of contention when the cheerleaders were dropped and we're going to have a dance team. A lot of people upset because it was announced via Twitter um but you know for the most part jason wright has earned my trust in that and i think that this was something he set up they built that relationship with the tmz reporter to be like hey this is what i want this is what we're trying to do can you facilitate this and they they built that in a way that it was exactly it worked out exactly as planned they, yeah. they were like, hey, we're just looking at stadiums, which we knew, right? That was, it was a couple of years ago. We saw stadium plans. Right, like they were, right. They were trying to do it. I personally hope that they are in D.C. Oh, absolutely. That's where they belong. That's that's where I want to see them. Even though I'm, yeah. I'm here in Annapolis I'm, you know, and I'm on the Maryland side, put them in D.C. That's what I want to see. So, 100%. But, yes, this is this, this TMZ thing, I think it's funny just because there are people like you who are – Straight up, like this is like yeah, there was, you, you know, some people. I won't say you, Stoner. You maybe, maybe you, you think this happened. You can probably where, lump me in, but go ahead. Where there was some money exchanged mm-hmm. to be like, hey, here's here's my set list of questions. Here's here's your transcript. Read this transcript, and we're gonna be casual because that's the other part. And I'm sure you didn't mention this. People, fans are going crazy because Dan is out there in casual wear. You like this guy is never like he's always in a suit when you see him mm-hmm. in in uh, in the organization. I'm sorry, but he's out there in L.A. Right? Probably a little too hot to be out there wearing a suit at that point, especially walking around a stadium. But you know, again, I don't care how it happened. My guess is it happened again. Strategic communication. They reached out. They built that relationship to get this information out there. And I just think that's exactly what smart people do. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't have a problem with the message that they're trying to get out there. Uh, I'm just saying, and I don't have a, I don't have a problem with any of it really. I'm just saying, let's let's call it out for what it is, which is a complete setup. I bet you it's not even a TMZ videographer. I bet you it's just one of the the uh, teams guy, and they made it look like it was a an ambush not an ambush but you know a surprise impromptu and they sold it to tmz they they sold the footage to tmz because again have you ever seen a tmz report where they go up and they see tom cruise coming out of a restaurant in la or something and they say mr cruise mr cruise no 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 tom 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 they don't they don't do that and and Dan Snyder is famous 
for having everybody call him Mr. Snyder. So why would just some random videographer who works for TMZ say Mr. Snyder? That was a that was the red flag for me. So again, <laughs> they probably set it up. They they maybe even did it all themselves and sold it to TMZ. Whatever. I'm you don't fine think TMZ would report that, by the way. You don't think they'd be like, yeah, this is this is a sham. Not when you sign a confidentiality agreement. No. <laughs> they must have been paid some really, really good money yeah, for them to absolutely. follow suit with that. And that's good press for, for Washington. The execution, the the again, the fine the finality of it, which is to get the message out there and have Mr. Snyder look normal. Yeah, I did it. To have Dan Snyder <laughs> <Yes>. look normal. <laughs> that's that's all great. That's smart. That's a, a Jason Wright possibly julie donaldson idea and it came off great it made him look normal casual got the information out and became a story in the off season perfect execution but let's just not think it was just some random uh um meeting together of these no i I definitely definitely don't think it was that i don't think there's enough interest for tmz to just run up and and ask those kind of questions so again i think this was jason wright they built that relationship, you know, it, you know, I know Julie's in charge of the, the producers and the communication, the you know, uh, senior VP in that, that realm. So this is something I think they, they, they purposely set up for those reasons. And I think it was great. I think it was, it was good. The fan, the fan takes on it, just cracked me up. Yeah. Maybe we've got to add, add that in there. So not, not a scout, not a GM, not a coach, not a senior VP of communications. <laughs> Just hashtag just a fan. Yeah, just a fan. Just okay. a fan. Hashtag just a fan here on Ref the District. That's been the game. Moving on to the post game here in just a little bit. We're going to be talking about our Washington Wizards against those Philadelphia 76ers. Stoner, they did it. They made it. It's the actual postseason playoffs, right? Because they were in the postseason. Now they're in the playoffs. A lot of people are confused with that. Some people actually kind of get a little bit more, you know, pedantic about it, where they're just like, "No, it's not." The, they didn't make the playoffs, uh, which could be a point with the Warriors, where they're not actually they're at home watching. Which I'm sure uh, Bradley Beal's a little happy with Basmore, who's uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Let him go golfing now yeah. or whatever. So go fishing. We got our our Washington Wizards playing against the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, there's some bad blood. A lot of a lot of the sports networks right now are trying to pit Westbrook against you know Embiid. Do you mm-hmm. buy into that? Yeah, I buy into the, there's a little bit of bad blood there, absolutely, and which is going to add to the intrigue of this series. But what's going to really get a lot of eyes on this series is that there are a lot of people, including myself, that think this Wizards team has a chance to upset the number one seeds uh, 76ers. I think there's a chance. I don't think in the end that they have enough. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because anytime you've got two superstars, two all NBA players like the Wizards do, you have a chance. Now the Sixers have got a superstar and they've got a couple of extremely good players are not superstars. I don't think Ben Simmons is a superstar. He's a very good player. Tobias Harris is a very good player. Embiid is a superstar. He is an MVP candidate for a reason. He's 
he's basically unstoppable. But I think the Wizards, they have a shot. And by the way, I like the play-in tournament, if you will. The 7, 8, 9, 10 play-in tournament. I like it. I hope they continue with it. It seems like the NBA was happy with it. So I hope they continue it because it adds a level of excitement. I don't want to hear that, for example, Golden State, like you said, they were the eighth seed going into the play-in and they lost two straight and so they're out. Well, win two straight. Don't lose two straight. And you can't say, well, in previous years they would have been the eighth seed and they would have had a seven game series. And then they would have well, been Well that's swept. not the rules anymore. And then they would have been swept. Yeah. They, so now we have somebody else who gets a chance. You know, yeah. I'm not saying that, you know, the that the you know, Ja Morant and uh, the Grizzlies aren't also gonna get swept. Uh but you're right. There's I think that that excitement also also gives way to teams actually trying to get there, right? That NBA has a problem with tanking. Uh, mm-hmm. You saw that with Oklahoma City, my thunder, uh, where all of a sudden they're just not playing their their you know, SGA, their star player. And now the Wizards, you know, the Wizards opted not to do that. They could have, they could have tanked. You see this plastered everywhere. Westbrook was like, I'm not missing the playoffs. They didn't miss the the play in. They are now in the playoffs, and I think that that excitement was was excellent for the NBA. And I'm hoping mm-hmm. that you're. I'm with you. I'm hoping they continue it. I do agree that the Wizards have a punching chance against the 76ers. I don't think they're gonna. I don't think it's gonna happen. I don't think so either. I I can. I think that we'd be happy to see Game Seven. Uh, mm-hmm. I think realistically, Game Six is the is the furthest this is going to go. Probably. If you look at the the games that they've played this season, now granted, the last time that these teams played was in March. That's right. Very different team. Very that different. Washington had back in March. So you know, there's the three headed monster, as Scott Brooks would call them, uh, at the center position. Which realistically, it's like two teddy bears and then Gafford. Um, <laughs> Which I know you love, and you want him to play some more, but realistically, mm-hmm. you, you you know, for his own sake, you can't keep him out there for thirty minutes. You got to play Why? him twenty. I don't think that he 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 would be good for thirty minutes. I think that he's. Are you talking about in this series, or do you just mean just in general? In general, right now, and at this lo- at this point in his career, in this series, you might play him more because I I don't know I. When I watch the games, one, I don't think Lopez plays defense very well. I think no, that, he's terrible. <laughs> I think that he's he's a guy who can get rebounds, do his little sky hook thing. Uh, great. Um, Lynn is another one of these ones. I'm just like, I'm not even sure why he's on the basketball court at times. Yeah. Um, but Agreed. Gafford at least offers some some defense. The problem is you're going to need all three of them against Embiid. I think oh. that that's just he's going to cause problems. There's, I don't think you really focus so much on Embiid. You try to do your best there, but the what you do is you stop the rest of the team, and okay. then you and then you have to have Westbrook and Beal have good games. You have to have uh, Rui have Hachimura have a decent game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know he's. He's played eighty more than eighty-two games now. He's not. He's not a rookie. He's somebody. You know, even technically not a rookie. I, I want him to start averaging more in, in this series. He needs to average to me anywhere from ten to fifteen points per game to show yeah. that kind of improvement. I know this is his first play playoff series, 
as it is for several of uh, these Washington Wizards. But you know, he needs to, he needs we need to see that improvement from from him. And then the bench play is going to be important. We'll see where it goes. Again, I think that the Wizards will end up falling in five or six. But yeah. I think that they do have a chance to really shock the 76ers before they turn the 76ers turn it on. Because if, again, you want if you look at the games from earlier this year, 76ers dominated it, uh, dominated the Wizards. Yeah. Again, different team, but yeah. I just don't see it changing, especially with Scott Brooks still as the coach. Yeah, that's true. Gotta throw in, gotta throw in that jab. Gotta, gotta, right. gotta do that. No, that he, he got forever. For what it's worth, Scott Brooks coached a wonderful game uh, last game. So we'll give him credit. Well, where, what did where he do? Due. He told Westbrook to throw it to guys who are open and those guys to make it. it and they did. Hey, so he gets credit. There, there it goes. That's all you needed to do. Uh, um, they do need that third wheel. I, Beal and Westbrook are going to do what Beal and Westbrook do. Although Ben Simmons is a great defender, he's probably going to shut one of them down. They need that third guy. And I don't know who it, – it doesn't have to be the same guy throughout the series. It can be Rui one game. It can be Bertans one game. It can be Ish. It can be Neto. It can be Gap, whoever. They need that third guy to have a big game in every game for them to have a chance. And There's nobody that is going to stop Embiid. There's nobody in the NBA that can stop Embiid. So there's definitely nobody on the Wizards who are going to stop them. But if you can control, like you said, the rest of the guys, the Tobias Harris and Ben Simmons and Seth Curry and all those guys, if you can handle them, then you've got a shot. I think they're going to win game one. I think they're going to come out on fire and they're just going to blitzkrieg the the Sixers and they're going to steal game one. And then I think Philly will settle in because – because Embiid, that's why he's he's a stud. Do you know this year he averaged twenty eight and a half points? Um, uh, there we go. I I saw them. I saw the old man yeah. glasses. I saw Where's them. The I was like, is, are we, <laughs> we going to see it? There we go. Old man glasses uh, are on. Stoner, what 10, we got? Ten and a half rebounds, three assists. He shot fifty one percent from the field. He shot thirty eight percent from three. So he's a threat. Mm-hmm. He's he's not scary out there, but he's a threat to shoot it. And 86% from the free throw line. So when you follow him, he's going to make his free throws. Did you, so he did is you, a scary player. Did you tell me that he has a 38% from three and then he's not uh, scary out there? Yeah, he's, he's not scary. He's th- 38%? Who? Go ahead and look this up. I'm going to give you some time. Look this up on Wizard. Washington. Look at the Washington Wizards and tell me who's shooting better than 38% from three. Because... I'm sorry. One of the reasons why they lost that game against the Celtics is because yeah. your boy, your man, because we know that I've trashed him a couple times. Yeah. Bertans just wasn't hitting it. And he can't right. afford you're, you're talking about that having that third you know person here play for Washington. He needs to show up. They cannot afford him to have a goose egg headed into the third quarter. You know, it, he doesn't have to do much, but he's got to at least he's got to hit those. He's got to be there so that way, you know, they are not keying in on Beal and Westbrook driving. It's not going to happen because Scott Brooks is the coach. But I would also like to see the Wizards do a lot less ISO play. They're, I think, the number yes. one team playing ISO, and that's just oh, the way Scott Brooks runs the show. 
I hate ISO. I, I, I want them to move away from that. You know, but this is the playoffs. They're gonna they, the, how they got there was they ran the ISO ball. They're gonna hope that the heroes are heroic, and yeah. and that's where I think they're gonna run into issues because they have an off night and Rui and Bertans, you know, Alex Lynn. <laughs> who, oh, Lord. Who, who do you have as your third option? You got you're right. We need the team to show up, and it, honestly, it'd be great if they just all decided to like contribute. Like, it, I don't need Rui to have a thirty point game. I'm not asking right. for that. But if right. he has a a fifteen point game, and Bertans right. has ten points, and Ish Smith and Matthews and Neto total you know twenty five points. That's right. That's good. That's that's right. That's that's a good effort. Uh, but what tends to happen is is if they have great nights, it means the the you know the stars of the show, Westbrook and Beal, are having off nights. Right. Or those two, the you know more often than not, it's the the bench is just emptied and there's nobody helping out. Yeah, and as as you talked about, they've played Philadelphia three times this year, and they went zero and three against Philly. The last time was in March, March twelfth. They played them was the last time. So uh, it's like you said. Totally different team, different team than they were on March 12th. And interesting to note that after that game, glasses. Philadelphia was 26 and 12 after that game. Washington was 14 and 22 after that third matchup on March 12th, where they pretty much got blown out by Philadelphia, 127, 101. And again, they That's, had guys on their that team. That is being starting. blown out. Just, just don't yeah. lie. Not pretty much. Brown. That is absolutely yeah. a blowout. Yeah, they had Troy Brown, Mo Wagner, Gar- Garrison Matthews were starters in that game. So, yeah, it's a totally different team. Since that time, Philadelphia has gone 23-11, and 11, which is about what they were doing yeah, up until that time. They're very consistent this year. Washington, 21-12 and 12 since that time. So they've basically been, had the same record since the last time they met. So that's why I'm... There's a lot of reasons why, but that's one of the reasons I give them uh, a puncher's chance to advance in the series. I don't think it'll happen. I like. I, I think also in six, they get knocked out in six games. But hey, please give us a, another round uh, of games. Give us get us to a second round and upset. And that happens, and your boy Scotty will probably be back next year. No, oh, I don't no. see that happening. I don't <laughs> see that happening. I do want to know. I want to see this from our from uh, our listeners. What do you think is is going to happen this series? You can go again, hit us up on our Twitter at Ref the District, or you can let us know here on our YouTube channel where we stream live every Sunday at 10 a.m. Uh, if you're yep. listening to us in podcast form, whether or not that be on Apple, Spotify, or Amazon, you just let us know as well wherever you can that uh, you enjoy the show. We appreciate the support, uh, and uh, you know what. I think uh, that wraps up today's show, Stoner. So we'll see you next week when we'll be talking. Well, we'll have to find out. We'll let you know next week. Have a great day. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.